Welcome to the Hunt Back Country podcast today, guys. This is episode number 342, and it's a bit of a different conversation. It's not so much an interview or an episode where we have a very specific topic that we're trying to dissect and address. Instead, it is myself and my good friend Emery from Byland having a conversation that covers a wide range of topics. Um, it really started because Emery, I saw that he posted something online saying that quilts, like as opposed to sleeping bags, quilts specifically, were the most overrated piece of backpacking gear out there. And myself, I love my quilt. It's one of my favorite pieces of gear. And so I know that Emery has a lot of experience in the outdoors. He thinks very critically and carefully about gear. And so I was really curious to be like, dude, where's your head at? Like, you know, I don't want to argue, but like, I would love to hear your position. Um, And so honestly, we dive into that conversation. He talks about why he thinks they're overrated. I talk about why I love mine. But then we get into some other things like fleece versus merino and synthetic versus down insulation, etc. And although we dive into like those technical details on some specific products, there's really a bigger high level theme that we discuss in this podcast as well. And that's about making gear decisions that work for you and for your specific preference and your specific context and what you're doing. And then at the same time, being able to admit when, hey, I thought this was going to work for me, but it doesn't. So not getting tied to gear that doesn't actually work for you. And then at the overall high level, as much as we love to talk about gear, think about gear, the point is to find what works for you so that you can stop thinking about gear and stop overanalyzing everything and just go enjoy the outdoors. So whether that's a backpack hunt, whether that's a hike, no matter what you're doing, like gear should enable you to go do what you want to do and what you love. And it shouldn't be about the gear itself. So anyway, this is a unscripted conversation. We go in lots of different directions. We talk very nitty-gritty, very detailed, very technical, and then we talk a very high level as well. So so this may be an episode you love. You may feel that this episode is way too nerdy. Again, it's a very different conversation than what you may be used to hearing from us, uh, but I know that some of you will enjoy it and benefit from it. As always, guys, we do appreciate your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for us, you can send an email to podcast at exomountaingear.com. Or better yet, leave us a message. Hit the link in the show description, leave us a quick audio message, and we can share that and answer that question on a future Monday Minute episode. Hope you guys are well. Truly do appreciate you tuning in, sharing the show with friends and the support that you give us. But right now, let's dive into this conversation between myself and my good friend, Emery. I don't even know if this is out there yet, Emery, but the other day you posted something about, I don't want to put the words in your mouth. I think that quilts were the the most, I think you said that quilts were the most overrated piece of backpacking gear as a quilt user. And I'm not like a, I'm not a quilt evangelist, so I don't care if people use sleeping bags, Yeah, but as someone who really likes my quilt, I was like, all right, I got to hear what Emery says. And I still haven't heard what you said because I don't know if it's out there, but I'm still trying to, will you, will you come on the podcast? Can we talk about that? (laughs) 
<laughs> What's your train of thought, man? We'll just start uh, there. <clears throat> okay. I've been thinking about this for a while. And no, as of recording this right now, I have not yet put it out because I can't, I've been trying to collect all of my thoughts and I've been trying to st- distill them down into one easy to understand thing, at least for my own self. So this might be a little scatterbrained, but uh, I feel like I, okay, I, I am asleep. I have no problems with sleeping bags. I realize that a lot of people have issues with being restricted and stuff like that. So my comment about uh, quilts being overrated is I the feel most like they're, overrated. They're, they're the theory. most right. There, <laughs> I I feel like they're either overrated or overused or maybe misunderstood. Something in that regard, because what doesn't make sense to me about this is that you, for all the reasons that people use them, there's useless material underneath you. They're lighter, all that stuff. You have a gapping. You have a, a large hole in your sleeping system that is underneath you that where the whole thing breaks down for me is when you you it, it's re, they're really bad at retaining body heat because you have these this you have no material under you when you crawl into a sleeping bag here's my train of thought when you crawl into mm-hmm. a sleeping bag and you can cinch that thing around you your body heats up that bag and then it stays heated up and you choose whether or not you want to dump that heat or not. And you can do so in a number of ways. You can unzip it from the bottom. You can unzip it from the top. And if you don't need the whole bag scenario, you can just lay the bag over you. In a quilt scenario, uh, even if you have retention straps, which is another major issue with me, uh, you don't get to choose when the drafts happen or not. If you roll around and you dump heat accidentally, You've now let that air, that warm air go, and your body has to re rewarm that that cold air that just came in. So in my mind, it doesn't really make sense to have a bag that just dumps it, dumps its own heat whenever it wants to, and then your body has to sit there all night long rewarming that air, unless you sleep like a dead person. <laughs> you don't move around. Does all that right. make sense? It does make sense, and I would say if. <laughs> I, I have like more. A, I have jerk. more. No, I was gonna say if all that were true, I would agree with you. <laughs> okay. What what part of it? The, what part of it doesn't make sense, or what? What do you disagree with? Uh, all of it, to be honest with you. Not really? that. I, and again, like again, this is like two friends having a conversation. Right, and yeah. Neither of us are fighting for anything. I want listeners to be aware I, of that. I know you don't feel that way, Emery. <laughs> I love gear. I love this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I could be totally wrong. By the way, I'm not married to my ideas. Yeah, am, for sure. That's why I was I'm, curious because I'm like, my I just have an experience of one, right? I'm just one right, dude. Right, right. Uh, and again, I don't care what other people use. Um, so yeah, so I, you hit on several things there that were points that I think. So I didn't. You sent over some uh, bullet points in Marina email, of like you were comparing oh, right, yeah. a sleeping bag you own and a quilt you own, and then looking at specs. And we can talk about that, right? And the yeah. weight savings later, but. I didn't prepare going into this conversation other than spent like three minutes thinking through if we take away specs on paper right? and the, the theoretical weight savings, because I do think that that's a, we can debate the value of that, the weight savings. I'm with you. But so aside from weight savings, I think that 
you mentioned like ventilation, for example, on a sleeping bag. I think a quilt actually is easier to ventilate. Oh yeah, for sure. And then things like, um, you know, the drafts just haven't been my experience. And I will say though, it's like two things that come to mind with like what you said is nothing underneath you. That's obviously at least in theory, part of the the downside to a sleeping bag is whatever is underneath you in a sleeping bag is essentially pointless because the down's compressed. It doesn't have loft. It's not trapping hot air, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, what if it doesn't do anything, let's just get rid of it. It's kind of the thought with a quilt. Yep. Yeah. And that's debatable, but either way, I think the sleeping pad then becomes just super important. I think it's really, really important with a a sleeping bag because I think there is some level of truth to like, the bag's not doing much for you underneath you, mm-hmm. maybe something, but not much. So the sleeping pad's important. And it's obviously more important uh, with a quilt because there's nothing underneath you. But my experience with um, drafts has been like, I love that I don't get drafts. And yes, you don't theoretically in a sleeping bag because it's enclosed. Um, but at least with the system I use, which I have a catabatic quilt, mm-hmm. um, they have a, I just really love their attachment system and I've used others like enlightened equipment, which I think is what you have. And I definitely prefer the catabatic and they, be, so they have qu- uh, clips sewn to the quilt and then like a really thin, I don't know if it's like a five or seven millimeter, probably five millimeter cord that goes around the sleeping pad. Mm-hmm. And what's cool is the clips that are on the quilt that then, clip over the cord have basically two settings so the clip has a larger hole so if you clip that on the cord now the clip can move and so it can slide back and forth and if you're Mm -hmm. tossing and turning through the night your quilt moves and yes you can like introduce um gaps excuse me cold air etc but on that clip you basically push it down to this like second setting so you have a smaller hole that's biting on the cord and it bites like it holds so it it literally does not move which is one of the things i've really liked about a quilt because as you said i i don't sleep like a dead man i'm the guy that like goes from my right side to my left side to my back to my left side to my right side to wherever like multiple 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 times a night Mm -hmm. and for me in the past that's often meant in a sleeping bag, I'm rolling off of my sleeping pad. I'm sliding off of my sleeping pad. I'm like, I'm moving and everything around me is moving. But with a quilt, or at least with my quilt, because of the way it locks down, I'm mm-hmm. turning and I'm like, Staying I'm in, in a burrito. Like the quilt's not moving. It's locked down. The pad's not moving. I'm turning inside of a system. Versus like rolling off my pad and stuff like that. So I think it, hmm. it's a, it's an important, like, what is the attachment system? Because again, if what you described is true, that sucks. And I think that is probably what a lot of guys have experienced. Um, well, there, there's more to it. I, I should probably, I think the, the big thing that everyone needs to take away from gear is that it is so individual and everyone, like, I feel like there's two things that I don't really want to touch with a 10 foot pole and it's sleeping systems <laughs> And footwear. Yeah. Because pe- everyone sleeps differently. Some people sleep cold. Some people sleep hot. Some people are big. Some people are small. Mm-hmm. Some people, uh, and, and, and for all of the reasons, like that's why no one wants to talk about, I don't want to advise on footwear. 
because what works for me might not work for you. And I feel like sleep, uh, sleeping systems, they're, they're just one of those topics that you can't, I, I very, I struggle a lot with advising people on because I don't know how you sleep. Yeah. And so I think where you're the, maybe where you're coming from, cause you even started with saying it, like you don't have issues with the sleeping bag. Exactly. Yeah. I think quilts are a search in trying to present a solution to a problem that you just don't yeah. have. Exactly. So, but it's a solution for some other people who are like, I don't like 100%. a sleeping bag because of this, that, or the other thing. And it's like, okay, well maybe a quote makes more sense. But for you, totally. it's like, eh, this is a solution to a problem I don't have. Exactly. So how, I, so how I got into the quilt game is out of pure curiosity. I slept, I have a 30 degree, one of those, this was the, the run before the recent one. Kuyu makes sleeping bags. I have their 30 degree. That is by far my favorite bag of all time. I don't know why, but I can take that bag and sleep in that thing well below 30 if I, if I just layer up or wear a puffy pant and puffy jacket. Like that bag has been so flexible for me. I sleep well in it. I'm just very, very happy with it. I hiked all of Oregon and Washington in that bag. I've used it since. And then I got a quilt and I was like, okay, everyone's talking about quilts. I would, I need to try one. So now I have this 20 degree uh, enlightened equipment quilt. And my first time out with it, I just didn't sleep very well. And it was Memorial Day weekend a few years back. And I was like, I woke up from the night and I was like, what the heck? Like I was cold all night long. It was not very cold out. I mean, it was, it was a Memorial Day weekend. So it's not super warm, but it's not really cold. I was colder than what I thought I should have been. And mm-hmm. I was even wearing layers. And I remember that first night I was like, oh, I didn't really think about this. One, I didn't use an attachment system because that sounds ridiculous to me. Uh, it, it irritated me that there, where there's an attachment system for an object that I'm trying to not be attached to. So <laughs> like everyone has a problem with sleeping bags, keeping them tight and like restricted. And I'm like, why would I, I'm getting a quilt to not be restricted. Why would I then restrict myself? Yeah. So it didn't really make any sense. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to use these. That seems crazy. I'm not going to use these straps. That's fine. Whatever. And I think, I, I don't know if it was you or someone else, but I remember after that trip, I was like, dude, drafty, blah, blah, blah. And someone, I want to say it was you told me that, oh, you need to use the, the strap attachments. And I was like, that sounds crazy, but okay, fine. I'll use it. The next time I used the bag. Oh, and to the other realization I had was I was like, oh, I don't know that I like my skin touching my sleep, my disgusting sleeping pad. Yeah. That part's real. If you're sweaty too. Yeah. Like I sometimes just wear a t-shirt to, or like shorts to, to bed. And so unless you're wearing all of your clothes, I just don't like that. It was very uncomfortable for me. Like when I get into a sleeping bag, I'm like, ah, ah. I'm like in it, you know? And then mm-hmm. if I want, if I need to dry some items out, then I bring those items in with me and I sleep with them and they're all, everything's contained with me. And it's like trying to dry, drying out during the night. It's not perfect, but I'm baking everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So I get done with that trip. I go on the next trip and I was not impressed. I go on my next trip. It's warmer out. I was like, Oh, okay. This makes sense. Like, I'm just going to, I just have a blanket essentially. But then I'm asking myself, well, why do I have a 20 degree quilt? If all I need is a little blanket. Okay, fine, mm-hmm. whatever. 
And then the, the, the last trip that I did with a quilt that I was like, this is ridiculous. Uh, I'm, I, 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 to your point, I don't have a problem with sleeping bags. Why am I trying to fix an issue that I don't have, that I don't have a problem with? Mm-hmm. So I go on this hike, I do my annual hike around Helens and it's not very cold outside, but I bring my 20 degree, degree quilt and I'm going to attach it to my bag via the, these elastic, all they have is elastic straps that go underneath your pad. Mm-hmm. I think in two places. I don't know if they do. Yeah. I've okay. used them. Okay. So I use those and I'm like, okay, better than the first time I used without them. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, okay, I get it. That makes sense. Not so drafty, whatever. And I think, again, I wasn't, I was wearing shorts uh, to bed and maybe like a long sleeve or something like that. I wake up the next morning. I forgot that I was, had these attachments. <laughs> I crawl out of bed and I'm going, I'm packing up camp and I'm pretty, de- I'm very conscious about what I'm dragging things through. I try not to drag my sleeping system through anything. I go to grab my bag, sleeping bag out of my one person tent and everything gets pulled out with it yeah. because it was attached to my sleeping pad. And I understand that Emery, you're dummy. You're like, you forgot that it was attached, but I was immediately irritated. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I forgot that it was attached. This whole quilt scenario, if this is what I have to deal with, and I realized I could get used to it, and this is me being picky, but I'm like, I didn't have this problem with a sleeping bag. I have yeah. no problem being in a sleeping bag. And not only that, but like, if I have to switch to a bag when it gets cold in the first place, and most people do, I've heard a lot of people switch to a bag when it gets past a certain degree. Yeah. I'm like, what am I doing here? If I'm going to get a quilt, I might as well just get like a 40 degree tiny like half pound quilt to lay over me during a hot night. Otherwise for me, uh, I'm out. So I'm looking at this whole scenario. And not only that, I had a conversation with the fine folks over at hammock gear, which Mm -hmm. is like an kind of an OG uh, brand in the hammocking space. Mm -hmm. And I learned a little nugget from them just off to the side. And I don't know if it's true, but it sounds about right. Quilts came from the hammocking world. Because in a quilt or in a hammock, you don't, you have what they call an underquilt. So yeah, it's, there's a top quilt, not underquilt. Top quilt. Yeah, it's a top quilt and an underquilt. We have, as backpackers, ground sleepers have just adapted the, the top quilt to ground sleeping. That's my understanding. Yes. So, in a, in the way their, their approach was that if you've ever even just laid in a hammock for longer, long enough for your body to cool down, it gets really cold if you don't have an insulation under you. So if you're in a bag in a hammock, all that insulation's crushed, a bunch of cold air swinging around, and then you freeze and it's really cold. So hence the underquilt, and mm-hmm. then you have the top quilt. And the way it all functions, there are no drafts because you have all this insulation. So I'm like, we're kind of using quilts the wrong way. And I just wonder, I wonder if anyone else out there that has purchased a quilt and spent their hard-earned money on a quilt that they thought was going to fix all their issues is experiencing the same things I have experienced, but they're just so attached to this idea of weight savings mm-hmm. and everyone's using a quilt that it's like this. I heard the phrase once, uh, gear pressure. It's like peer pressure, yeah. but with gear, like, oh, I need to use this bag or I need to use this tent. And the same example can go with uh, floorless versus non-floorless tents. Why? Mm-hmm. Everyone's using a floorless tent. 
I, I, but I don't really want to use a floorless tent, but everyone's using one. So I need to get one. If, if you like a sleeping bag, use your sleeping bag. If you like a floored tent, use a floored tent. Like, yeah. Well, so that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And on that last point, like the gear thing is, especially when you've spent hundreds of dollars, yeah. it's like, you don't want to be the guy that goes, oh man, I just spent, you know, yep. 300 or 800 or over a thousand dollars maybe on something like you get into like a rifle or something yeah. and be like, I'd actually don't like that thing. Well, and people <laughs> like have nobody a, wants to be that guy. No one yeah. wants to. And the, I, I learned this from, there's a gal that I interview regularly about the PCT and she saw for a number of years, people at the hundred mile mark being so attached to this gear that they had invested into both financially and emotionally that like, even if it was giving them blisters or rubbing them the wrong way, or just like giving them hell on the trail, they refused to get rid of it because they were so attached to this idea. And then she was like having to walk them through, like, is it working? Well, no, it's mm -hmm. not working, but I, but I love the color of this thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So whether overrated is probably a, you know, triggering or, you know, we got to generate some interest. Emory. Yeah. 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 I got to generate some interest, <laughs> but to me, they're overrated. And that's yes. what really matters is that when it comes to gear, dude, I freaking love gear. It's fun. I've said this before. It should be fun. It is yeah. fun. And it's fun to try things out. I'm not saying don't try it. I'm saying, try it and be objective. Yeah. But if you don't have a problem with a sleeping bag, are you really, do you really need to save the five or six or even a, do you need to save the pound just to say you have a quilt? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you Dude, think I about get it? I get thing? where you're coming from on the flip side. And again, I'm not like a quilt evangelist. I don't, I don't care, but if, and I've literally had this thought and I've said it to multiple people, multiple times. I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast, but if someone were to completely rob me of all my gear or my house burns down or whatever, right. Um, and all of my backpacking gear is gone and you were like, okay, you got to buy a new pair of boots and you got to buy a new shelter and you got to buy a new quilt or sleeping bag and you got to buy new clothes and you know, just everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of things where I'm like, yeah, I'd buy that again. But then there's also some things where like, even though I really like that, I'm like, I I'll shop around, like I'll consider what's out there. Right. right. But literally my my specific quilt that I have, I would not waste a single moment of like analytical brain power or consider the costs or see if I could save money or I would just be like, nope, and That's buy it. it again. Like, which is funny because it's like, but again, it's, it's whatever like works for you, man. Like, and again, I'm not <laughs> yeah. even tied to like saying it has to be a quilt versus a sleeping bag. I'm not even tied to like, which I want to quilt, which one should I get? I'm just saying like, I'm so hundred percent happy with my specific quilt that I use for, and I use it for everything. I mean, it's a 22 degree rated quilt that I've used when it's, you know, 50 at night. And I've used it when it's literally zero at night. And that's um, amazing. A million states, hunts, times a year, everything. And I'm just like, no, I'm so it's one of those things. I'm so it's the opposite of like the gear dilemma on yeah. sunk cost. It's just like, nope, I'd buy it, pay it full price, not ask a question, not look around. Boom, be done. That's awesome. Yeah. It's funny to have like the, the differing experiences. I 
based on everything you said, like with your experience, I wouldn't be freaking happy either, man. I just, I, I mean, to me, and it's overrated again, it's overrated for me. And I, I just looked at everything. And then I did this comparison between the two bags that I have. And that's the numbers you referenced. Mm-hmm. And I have, I realized that numbers are numbers, but at the end of the day, in my, my personal scenario, when I go to choose a bag to use on a trip, the two bags that I choose from are this 20 degree quilt and this 30 degree Kuyu bag. And there's a less than four ounce difference according to the published specs of these bags. Now I haven't weighed them, but I would assume even if I'm off by a couple ounces, I'm still happy with it. I can save those ounces somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I think people also really get obsessed about counting ounces sometimes and they they overlook what those ounces give you so for, in my scenario let's say that it's like uh 6 or 7 or 8 ounces that i'm carrying extra because i'm choosing to go with a sleeping bag well, I, I, okay it makes me happier i sleep better i'm warmer so to me that's a functional 8 ounces for sure but for you you're like well why i sleep better in a quilt why would i do that so yeah. It's all personal preference. And I think that they're, I think that if you're having trouble sleeping, dude, you should try everything to fix that. And if a quilt does that, then for all these reasons, go for it. Yeah. The quilt that you tried, and it sounds like this was the case, was it one that you could fully open like a blanket? No, I had, I went with a foot box. Yeah. Yeah. It has like that. I don't know. It's like a, maybe 18 inch foot box or something like that. Yeah. Which I don't know why I went with that. I think because I was like, well, I don't think I'd ever want my feet not covered. Yeah. I mean, that's what I have. And because yeah. Catabatic makes both where you can fully open it or have yeah. its own foot box. But yeah. yeah, for me, if you took, um, if you took like and said, okay, here's this sleeping bag that's 25 degrees and it's actual 25 degree rating, and here's a quilt and it's 25 degrees and 25 degree rating, and they mm-hmm. cost the same and they weigh the same and everything else like so if we take weight savings out of the equation we take warmth out of the equation assuming i have the attachment system i have now i'd still take the quilt mm-hmm. partially yeah probably because it's what i'm used to but i've just found that i i like that system i can ventilate it better um it gives me more flexibility uh as i said before like i'm not rolling off a pad like i'm mm-hmm. moving within a system um I don't have to deal with zippers and snagging material on zippers. Yep. I found that I don't like another thing with quilts that guys that trips guys up is there's no hood, right? It's like, what if it's cold and my yeah. head's out there? Um, I found that I actually prefer <laughs> just using my beanie or something, but having a good draft collar at the top. So there's all these well, different things that, you know, again, as I think you're right, Emory, it's like at the end of the day, quilts are one of those items that I feel like, I don't want to say trendy, but they become more and more popular and maybe right. more popular than they should be because they're not necessarily miraculously better than a sleeping bag. And they're solving some problems that some people don't have. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean there's no benefit to them, but it, like everything else, a lot of personal preference. Well, and I also tuck my little inflatable sleeping pillow into the hood of my sleeping bag. Yes. So it always stays there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, if I don't have a hood in my bag, you know, if I would, if, if I was 
not going to use a sleeping bag and I'm not going to use a quilt. I have Sitka is so funny. Sitka actually re did this own their own version, but I have a Sierra designs version of this bag. Mm-hmm. They called it a mobile mummy. Have you yep. seen these things? Do you remember those? Yes. I've seen the, well, I was aware of the Sierra one years ago and then have seen the Sitka one recently. Dude. Amazing. Like I laughed when they came out with, uh, <laughs> I was like, I was dying. I was like, man, if I could just make some, if I had the time to make some memes or whatever, just make some funny content around it. Cause I was like, yeah. cause the Sierra designs version of this. So for anyone that doesn't know, it's this center zip. Uh, it's a center zip sleeping bag and with a hood and then you, these baffles on your arms and you can punch your arms out the side. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can literally sit and, you know, glass from your sleeping bag. That's the concept of it. Yep. And it's actually really great for getting rid of that restricted um, movement. So mm-hmm. if you feel like you're, you want to get your arms out, because one of the things that sucks about a bag is that you're in it, right? You can't yeah. punch your arms out. And the way those bags are designed, you can punch your arms out. And I was like, dude, yeah, it's a brilliant design. But when I talked to Sierra Designs, I talked to some of their people. They're like, dude, did not go over very well. That's why they got rid of it because their customer base didn't need that. And I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that bag. I use it's, it when I can because I love it. Yeah, they were ahead of their time because now were, yep. Sitka has it and they have it for the feet so you can get up and walk. But yes, um, yeah. Nemo is doing it as well uh, now so in a lot of their sleeping bags where they have, they don't have the foot one like Sitka does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you look at a lot of Nemo's current designs, they have the arm openings, Yep. Um, okay. which could be just for ventilation, just yeah. you know, to get your arms through, what have you. But yeah, it's uh, they were a bit ahead of their time on that one. They were, man. And I just laugh and laugh. <laughs> yeah. They've done some like, around. Sierra Designs is funny because they, you know, they're not like a total budget brand, but they're not they like a now. super premium brand. Yeah, they they kind of are now, but like from a design perspective, they've definitely put it out there. Even on sleeping bags, they have some uh, fully, they're still sleeping bags, not quilts, but fully zipperless designs. Yeah. um, That have like kind of like an overlapping. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So they do some interesting stuff for sure. It's funny with when this came up, part of what like piqued my interest was not just that I love my quilt because again, I'm not like really interested in arguing for it or anything but what did trip me up is i have that mountain goat hunt this fall mm-hmm. and it's coastal southeast alaska and my guide was just legit like don't bring down and he pretty much tells oh, all yeah. customers that and he kind of talked to me and he's like you can if you want like i kind of trust that you know how to take care of it and you understand what you're getting into um but he still was like i still don't recommend it it's not what i would want you to do but he do you have a down no. do you have a synthetic bag no so then i had to start at square one and was like oh, god man. i've been so happy with my quilts um and even before this quilt which i've i've literally I've been using it for everything for mm-hmm. probably four years now um but even before then it was always down um you know treated down stuff like that and uh so yeah, so I was like started to at least consider synthetics and then started looking and it's a that alone this is a different conversation, but that's that's a, a tough pill for me to swallow is looking at synthetics and just thinking of the bulk and the weight and the performance. And it's like, okay, I'm gonna get way heavier, way bulkier for less performance. 
Is that Bummer. true? You think? I think synthetics have come a long way. I have a couple of synthetic jackets that really feel like down. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll give you that. There's actually some recent synthetic stuff that um, I don't want to speak too soon, but I've been blown away by. But I yeah. haven't used any of it in um, a sleeping bag, and I don't think mm-hmm. that. I think part of the problem with sleeping bags versus jackets is because the application and because of the cost of some of these newer synthetics, they're not yet really implemented in sleeping bags. And even the the quote unquote better sleeping bags still tend to use the, the more accessible, less expensive, like sheet down Mm -hmm. um, or sorry, sheet synthetic, but there definitely is, has been improvements. Um, and synthetic technology for sure. And, you know, definitely I can be proved wrong here, especially on the warmth factor, mm-hmm. but still from the bulk, like just amount of space in your pack perspective and the weight perspective. Yeah. It's been tough for me. You know what I think is really cool about that? Even though that's like, you might have to try a synthetic is that, uh, the fact that you're so comfortable with your quilt and a, like a piece of gear that it makes you uncomfortable to have to think about not using it. I think that's a really good sign that you have the right, you have what you need. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think a lot of people have. So I'm in the opposite with a sleeping bag. If I, if you told me that all I had to do is use a quilt, I'd be like, dude, no, <laughs> this makes me really uncomfortable right now. Yeah. Cause I trust my bag scenario and you trust your quilt scenario. And I think, that's what we should all be striving for when it comes to looking for the gear. Like for, for the most part, you're done looking for a sleeping system. Yes. That's awesome. That's a huge, you no longer have to go through that turmoil of wondering if you're going to be cold at night. Yeah. Which is funny because I guys, and you know, we, when I say guys, I can throw you and I in that Emory, but we love looking at what's new and trying Mm -hmm. new stuff and whatever. But at the end of the day, and I realized this a handful of years ago, because for a while it was like, I'm, I'm going to, every year I'm changing, you know, 50% of my gear. Right. Right. Cause I want to try this and I want to try that. And I want to try that. And that part of that's natural because you don't, you don't end up with something that you're hundred percent happy with without going through a process, nor do you realize what makes you hundred percent happy when you've been less than that, um, when you've been dissatisfied. So that whole mm-hmm. process is like, necessary i think if you know if we're basing decisions based on experience anyway Mm -hmm. um but there is somewhat of like this is kind of boring man like literally like i said before every trip i've done in different parts of the country and different seasons it's like yeah i'm grabbing the same quilt i'm grabbing the same sleeping pad i don't care if it's may or if it's november um at the end though that's a great place to be because it's like well Focus more on the trip and the experience. Okay, save your yes. money, like all kinds of stuff. Because it, it's fun as it is, especially in the off season to like look at gear and geek out about stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's not why we're doing this. I mean, we get caught up in it, yes, but right. it's a really good place to be. Like every trip I go on, ninety something percent of the stuff is the same, um, yes. and I'm changing a little bit based on the season or location or whatever. Man, I, you just hit on something I think is. So incredibly important. One of the things that I uh, try to preach as much as possible when I have the opportunity is to 
get really good with your gear so that it's not even something you think about. Mm -hmm. Whether that's a water filter or if you're having to choose between the different stoves you have or the whatever it is, and you're, you're not really dialed in with it, there's always going to be this thing in the back of your mind when you're out there that, oh, how did I do this? Or am I, I wonder if I should do it like this or whatever. You have so many reps on your quilt and your system that you use. We'll say like that 90% because you use it all the time and it's no longer become something you probably think about. It's Mm -hmm. all muscle memory. You know exactly how to set this up. You know exactly how to position this. Like you've seen it in so many different scenarios that you know how to adapt your gear to the scenario that you're now in. Because every time you leave the trailhead, it's different out there. But you've used the same piece of gear so much that you don't have to worry about whether it's going to work or not. You know how to adapt it accordingly. And I think, especially when it comes to hunting, one of the things that backpacking and hunting should, and I've said this before, should be considered like two different skill sets. You want to get to the point where you've practiced so much of the backpacking, at least in my humble opinion, that you don't even have to think about it on your hunt because hunting's hard enough as it is. Yeah. Like it just is. And so if you can eliminate the wonder of how I backpack and just, just focus on the backpack hunting, the hunting aspect of it, your, your odds of success are going to go way up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's been my experience, man. I think your humble opinion is the, has been my <laughs> humble opinion and experience as well. Uh, uh, but, but gear's fun. Yeah. We can try we, stuff out. There's plenty of other points. I think we could keep talking about yeah. Colton sleeping back, but to get to another non-controversial topic, because okay. when this came up, I was like, I want to talk to Emery about this and just see where his head's at. Cause I, again, I was curious. Let's do it. When, yeah. So this thing with the Colton sleeping bag came up and I was like, Hey, Emery, let's get on the podcast and just talk about this informal. And just, I want to see where you're at. And then I remembered, I think it was Emery who also said that he hated or no longer used anyway fleece yeah and i was like all right that's that's probably less controversial because especially mm-hmm. in the hunting world so many guys are like oh merino 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 yep. but again i'll be contrary to you in the last five years i've actually started reincorporating fleece more oh, than i had prior um and so i was just again like curious to see, <laughs> to see where you're at on that because it's like all right here here's emory saying or has said in the past and he yeah. said in the past i don't know no i've completely feel that way but i've eliminated fleece from every single backpacking scenario that i can think of okay. i and uh, now in, like every backpacking slash hunting trip i go on i pack a grid fleece and i didn't four years ago so the main reason why i don't why I got rid of fleece is, and this has been a, a science project over a long period of time. For whatever reason, my body just does not perform well in fleece. I'm either too hot or too cold. I can never find myself uh, properly. I can't find myself with just a good body temperature, whether I'm active or inactive. For some reason, fleece, anytime I put I think specifically we're talking a mid-layer fleece, like a grid fleece. Yep. I don't think anyone wearing is wearing a, a fleece shirt. I, I don't think so. That would be weird. Someone is, uh, but yeah. Someone, someone <laughs> is. But for me, I just have a very difficult time wearing fleece on my hands 
and a mid layer and especially my head. I'm bald. So temperature regulation, it seems like is really difficult for me. The moment I started incorporating merino wool into my layering system, I always had like a merino wool top and bottom for like, you know, base layer, Mm -hmm. uh, legs specifically. And then I think I had early on adapted this, like, you know, kind of merino wool t-shirt that I didn't really, not really concerned about the t-shirt. I'm more concerned about that mid layer that I'm wearing all the time. I would heat up really too, really, really fast. And then I would cool off really, really fast. And I was just always uncomfortable. And the minute I started implementing that merino wool mid layer, everything just got, everything balanced out, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. And -hmm. I don't know why. And I understand there's lots of pros to synthetics like fleece where it, it, it can dry out faster and all that stuff. I've never had any problems with my merino wool getting too wet or not drying out, but I've also never been in a scenario where I've got, where I've been caught um, with a soaking wet merino wool top. And even if I did, I'd probably just, if I knew it was going to be raining, I'd probably swap it out and put that in the bottom of my bag and then uh, warm it up at night and wear something else and then bake it during the day while I'm moving. Like you can, you can find ways to dry out your, your layers by wearing like rain gear over over it because uh, it kind of builds that little oven in there. But for me, I just, I've reserved fleece for around town, around the house, because if I start moving in it, I just, it all goes to hell. Hmm. What uh, for your, that mid layer, what type of weight Merino are you using? Uh, Do you know? Yeah. I've switched to a heavier weight mid layer. Um, I think, let's see, I, on the PCT, I hiked pretty much all of it with like a, maybe a 150 or something like that weight. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty average. And then First Light has that, and I can't remember the name. They have that really nice uh, hooded pullover that's like 220. Is it 220? I know they it's have. A, 200. I was just looking because I don't. I haven't looked at numbers in a while either. So they're at least what's current. They have what's called a kiln, which is a two fifty. Yeah, the kiln. Yeah, yeah. So I have the kiln. Okay. And that might be. A, to me, that's like an all around. Okay, that's an insulating layer. It's not that much different than a one fifty. I, I would rather go with the two fifty than the one fifty, unless it's yeah. really hot out. That's my opinion. Like, if it's hot, I'll probably go with the lighter one. Or if I'm moving around a lot, but hunting you're often starting and stopping. At least I am mm-hmm. moving, stop moving, moving, stop moving. So uh, the the heavier weight works better for later season. And when I'm hunting, the lighter weight for me would be I'm covering miles and I'm going to be moving so much that I don't need that warm, warm, that, that like extra 100 grams or whatever it is. Yeah. So that, yeah. that stop and start you talk about with hunting, are you still using like that kiln as a mid layer, meaning you're wearing a base layer? I use a, I do t-shirt kiln and okay. then I have a t-shirt as your base layer. Basically. Yeah. I go straight t-shirt. Um, just because I don't, if I had a long sleeve on underneath, that would feel weird like having two long sleeves, but what I, my current layering system for late season hunting is a t-shirt, uh, a like 
merino wool t-shirt that's kind of got some synthetics in there. So maybe like 80, 20 ratio uh, t-shirt with that kiln 250 merino uh, and then a synthetic jacket, insulating jacket, and then rain gear. And then if it's going to be windy or if it's going to be really cold, there's a, the, there's a fleece. This is the only piece of fleece that I use. Uh, it's a, the Peloton, it's such a weird name. Peloton 240 full zip from Kuyu. Mm-hmm. Oh, that thing. Do you want to, come on. You hated fleece. I know, but this <laughs> one, I use it as a, um, what do they call that? Like I use it as like a lightweight jacket. Yeah. It's got really good windbreak on it. Oh, so, so it's a fleece with like a face to it. Right. It's yeah. not, it's not a warm fleece. It's very wind. So is it more of like a soft shell-ish with like yeah, a micro a, fleece? That's liner? the word I was looking for. Yeah. It's, a, it's okay. more soft shell. Yeah. It's like a, it's like an ultralight soft shell where yeah, to me, soft like a micro jackets, fleece background. Exactly. A soft yeah. shell. I think they look awesome and I would love to have one, but to, for me, there's, I, I can't find a need for one. If I'm backpack hunting, Emery, you're gonna make people mad. I I know the people on the podcast. I've called soft shells the minivan of hunting clothing because <laughs> I think that they. Do you have one? No, <laughs> I, I like got hate mail because I called them the minivan <laughs> of hunting clothing, and my point was like they do a lot of things well. They just don't do anything really well, and so from like I don't a, know what they do. So I yeah I. And again, I was talking about backpack hunting specifically. specifically. And I'm like, okay, so for for the weight and bulk, they're warm-ish, but not very warm. Yep. They have some weather resistance, but they can't replace like rain gear. Some of them are hit or miss on wind resistance. Yep. Um, You know, some of them are quiet. But not all of them are real quiet, right? So it's like, okay, it's like it's a little bit warm, it's a little bit weather resistant, it's kind of quiet, but it's also pretty heavy. So it's like, okay, there's just not like if you're talking about backpack hunting and like a layering system and base layer, mid layer, insulation layer, shell, those are four things, each with a purpose. And the soft shell is like this fits somewhere in there does a little bit of all four of those things and none of right. them well so it just doesn't so, have a place for me in a backpack hunt so, so that's, that's why i why... called them the minivan of hunting clothing and they got hate because no one wants them <laughs> no people love them i know that's the I thing know, I know. so like a good example of where i think they have a place is we were on our kodiak hunt this uh past fall we were day hunting obviously mm-hmm. so all my caveats about space and weight in the pack are less relevant And it was a day where it was fairly cold, like cold enough. You couldn't hike in uh, your base layer cold enough that if you had a mid layer on such as whether it's, you know, a grid fleece or like a kiln Merino, Mm -hmm. you have some insulation, but it didn't quite give you enough protection then from like wind. And it was um, snowing. So it was like, I personally, because I didn't have a soft shell, was wearing a base layer, mid layer rain shell, which is something I would have in my pack for a backpack hunt, for example. Mm -hmm. I was, we took off on the boat 
and there was four of us, I was the only one without a soft shell. So everybody else was wearing base layer, mid layer, soft shell or base layer, soft shell. They made the right call. I'd got through the day just fine, but I was sacrificing like some level of breathability, some level of noise, right. et cetera. Cause I was wearing more of a hard shell rain shell. Whereas their soft shell, it was like, it was warm enough over that mid layer to add the warmth they needed. Yeah. It had good enough uh, DWR type resistance to handle the snow well without being full on rain gear, et cetera. So yeah. I was like, okay, perfect scenario for a soft shell. Perfect, yeah. They were quieter than I was by a little bit. Um, again, just if we go back to backpack and I know I, they don't typically make much sense. No, and in the scenario that you're talking about, I couldn't agree more. I think for where where I live, to, for all the reasons why you just said the the they they don't make sense for me. But for a day hunt, I think they make some sense if it's going to be fairly dry, and you're mm-hmm. just you're just going to be out for the day. I think they make some sense. But <clears throat> yeah, I couldn't agree more. But what's interesting about this 240 full zip hoodie is that it's light it's it is it's almost like a pseudo soft shell that has a purpose so i use it as a it, it, i use it to to do some extra warmth over top of a mid layer before i have to put on my insulation layer so i can hike in it if it's really cold outside uh and it cuts the wind so it's really versatile and sometimes i'll use it over my like i said sometimes i'll use it in conjunction with these different things it, it just is an extra layer in my layering system that I've found because synthetic material sometimes isn't as warm than down mm-hmm. that I've experienced. So yeah, you mentioned down earlier for, or sorry, you mentioned synthetic for insulation, mm-hmm. right? What did, what did yeah. you run in there? Uh, I, I, I have a, another, their, their Kuyu insulated jacket uh, that, and I all these, to, knowing you, Emery, all these pieces are in camo, correct? hundred percent camo. Yeah. I saw your episode come out. I was like, I got to listen to it about camo versus solids. Um, yeah, no, they're all solids. So I can wear them around town and not just use them for like a handful of days a year. <laughs> so, that. so that is what I use. I've switched to synthetics for hunting in the fall, just cause I don't want to deal with, uh, except for my sleeping bag, obviously. Uh, just because I don't want to deal with wet down. So is uh, that pretty context specific? Cause you're in the Pacific Northwest. Do you think? I think so. I mean, I, I think so. I don't, I feel like I'm more willing to be out in the weather with a synthetic jacket. Like I'm not afraid of my synthetic jacket from Kuyu gets wet mm-hmm. because I know it'll, I'm not going to let it get soaked, but I'm not so worried about it. Whereas with a down jacket, I'm a lot more careful with it. I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a, I've just started switching all my, like my synthetic, my, my you, insulation I, layer to synthetic. I think what goes back to what you said earlier of not, um, the less you need to, I don't say worry about your gear, but the less headspace you have to give your gear, yeah. the more you can dedicate to the hunt. So what I hear is like, you said that before, now you're talking about this. It's like for you, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't have to think about protecting my down piece. I just go hunting and the weather is what it is. And I just don't have to give headspace to worrying about my jacket because it's synthetic. Well, the other thing is 
I don't have to worry about overheating in my down jacket if I want to get up and move. So I can move all day. I can, I can hike in a synthetic layer, synthetic insulation layer without overheating. That's one of the things I really like about it. And also there's a caveat there. It depends on the type of material that's faced over top of it. It has to be like breathable because mm-hmm. not all fabrics are breathable with synthetic. Like I have yeah. a Patagonia synthetic jacket that is like the face of a down jacket that right. keeps the heat in. So it doesn't breathe. It's really, really warm, but it doesn't breathe and I can't hike in it. Yeah. So I like to hike in my synthetic jacket in the, in the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've used uh, in the last couple of years. I've used uh, an Arcteryx Atom quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, and it's synthetic, but it has that type of shell that's a little bit more breathable. And not only is it that, but you know the typical "quote unquote" down shell. Mm-hmm. You know, not only are they typically less breathable, but they're more noisy. Whereas you get yeah. into some of the more breathable um, shells, which aren't specific to here's one thing that people need to keep in mind as we have this conversation a little bit like on the technical nerdy end you it's easier to find a synthetic with a more breathable shell or breathable face fabric because you don't have the concern of um, individual down fibers leaking through that and so quite literally it's a more breathable more permeable shell fabric but if you apply that to a down application, you're opening up this face fabric that can then um, allow down fibers to escape. Uh, so that's yeah. one thing to keep in mind. I know that sounds dramatic because it's not like down starts pouring out, but it is a factor um, for why people use face fabrics they do uh, at times yeah. on downs versus synthetic. So I get what you're saying. Like the Atom is, it's been great for me to be provide good warmth, um, even stationary. Um, there's some, definitely some cold glassing sessions I've done in it, but then still be able to get up, throw on a pack and cover some ground in it and still breathe fairly well. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the other thing to keep in mind too, is just looking for body mapping, um, which a lot of them are doing it these days, but the Adam's an example where, uh, your whole side panel, um, from your torso up and then into your underarms, is a different material. It's non-insulated. And so you naturally get more breathability of kind of through that core area, but your front arms and then rear remain more insulated. So it's it's one example of, you know, a bunch that are good out there. Dude, you know what I'm realizing during this conversation? Gear can be really confusing. Yeah. I, I, (laughs) well, and that's what makes it difficult going back to like, you were talking about people asking, questions on sleep system or boots or take the same thing for a jacket and down down or sorry i shouldn't say down insulated jackets are a perfect example of like hey i need a new guys will just say puffy right i need a new puffy for hunting season what should i get oh oh gosh dang that's a well dude they're not that's a tough question (laughs) one thing they don't you know what i realized later on way later and i only realized this because i'm looking at a pile of insulation jackets that they're all considered a puffy or an insulation layer, but they're all different. different Some of them are are really thin and some of them are thicker. And I realized, yeah, but I, but as I was getting into this whole thing, I didn't know that there was a difference. And I know that sounds dumb, but I figured a puffy jacket was a puffy jacket. And so I hiked this. uh, So I hiked the PCT with this quote unquote insulated jacket. That is a, 
Montbell Thermorap. Mm-hmm. Dude, it weighs the same. It is not an it's it's not a jacket. It's a sweater. It's a mid-layer, is what it is. Yeah. I weighed it. It weighs less than my merino wool hoodies. Oh, dude, there's a yeah, for sure. Like a merino wool <clears throat> mid-layer is gonna weigh uh on average, call it 14 ounces, probably. And there's there's quote unquote down jackets out there that are eight. But then yeah. there's down jackets out there that are 28. So and that's just talking down and then you get yeah. in like down versus synthetic and face fabrics, body mapping, types of insulation. It's dude, there's yeah. so many options out there. I, I mean, I have the con- kind of luxury of trying a lot of stuff, yes. trying it in different contexts. And even me, uh, good again, this mountain goat hunt, like I was rethinking what synthetic do I bring up there for insulation? I have mm-hmm. the Atom. Do I do that? Do I look for something else, et cetera, et cetera. I started looking and even me knowing what I know and I'm not an expert. I've just have had some experiences. I'm like, God, this is overwhelming, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and one thing that insulation layers don't do that the sleeping bag world does is gives you ratings. So Uh, sleeping bags. Yeah. Like, yeah, they just, you have to look into the, it's not very obvious what it's used for. So if you go to the Montbell's website, and you look at a thermorap versus like their next level up, it's at the, on the surface, it's very difficult to find out which is which. Whereas if you go to a website with a, for sleeping bags, you, oh, 30, 40, 20, 15, zero. Okay, clearly I know where to use this thing at. Mm-hmm. Whereas, in, at least in my opinion, it's not very clear how, what range in which I'm supposed to be using this puffy jacket in because there's different thicknesses. Like I don't have, I started cons- one of the reasons why I use that Peloton 240 full zip is because I didn't want to buy a larger puffy jacket for colder weather. I was just like, okay, if I just get this, then I have, then I, I can just add that to my kit and get that extra insulation. Whereas like, I'm not going to use like a big puffy jacket, a heavier puffy jacket. It was in my, that was in my head. Anyhow, when I, when I went that route, so mm-hmm. I can kind of leverage, it's like getting your 30 degree bag down colder when you have puffy pants on and a puffy jacket. Yep. Same yeah. kind of concept, but it's not very clear where, um, it's just not very clear what jackets are supposed to be used for what, mm-hmm. even with the fabric, you know, active versus inactive. Because like I said, I have a very, very thin, uh, Patagonia insulated jacket that when I wore that for the first time, I thought that it would be breathable, huh, not breathable. <laughs> it was very, very warm though. And I was like, holy cow, this thing weighs back basically nothing. It's mm-hmm. synthetic and it cooks me. Like it is definitely warm. It cuts the wind, keeps my body heating. I'm like, this little piece of gear is pretty sweet. Can't hike in it. But if you want to slap it on just during a break or around camp, dude, freaking awesome and it yeah. is nothing yeah yeah that's like uh one of the pieces i've been running this past fall is from outdoor vitals and it's uh yes. one of the synthetic insulations that's impressed me crazy um but they have this it's called their ventus active hoodie okay and it's so it's a synthetic insulated piece it's a like a quarter zip half zip um really cool piece and i got the thing you know, I saw the specs on there 
And I was like, oh, that's a misprint. Right, you know, that's funny. It's seven ounces, right? And I'm like, there's Dude. no, either this is a misprint or this thing does nothing. Like, there's no way this is warm for a seven ounce synthetic piece. And got the thing and I'm like, huh, like, they're actually like, there seems to be something to this. Mm-hmm. And it is warm. But hmm. it's called an active hoodie and it does not breathe good. <laughs> Um, oh. and so it's like you know figuring that stuff out and i love the piece you just have to know when to use it right i'm just going back to your yes. point of like understanding the differences in pieces and then what they're for what they're not not even on the marketing side but like based on experience like okay here's here's the temp range and activity level that this piece is going to excel in and then here's where it starts to you know not to be the ideal solution right um and so yeah it's just it's so how okay so you have an active layer that's an active layer it's got like a synthetic hoodie mm-hmm. it's lightweight mm-hmm. it doesn't breathe that well how do you how have you implemented it um so it's I, it can be active just not higher exertion Right. So I wouldn't necessarily mind wearing it and hiking with it if I'm not doing like this long, strenuous climb or okay. if I'm uh, active, but I wouldn't say just still hunting, but like kind of cautiously moving, meaning I'm not just like head down, need to pack in four miles type thing. It's not that piece. Okay. The other time I think it's going to find its way into my pack. And again, this is a solid piece. So I've used it a ton of outside of hunting. Um, I've done trail runs with it when it's, I mean, it for trail running, it has to be cold, like sub 10 degrees, like single digits cold, um, for full on high exertion running. Um, the other thing is just going to be a cool piece for warmer, um, spring, summer, maybe early fall hunts where it's kind of like that you need to knock off the chill. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, I don't want to pack a full on puffy. It's kind of that time. Like you mentioned, like one of those lightweight down, mm-hmm. don't even want to call them jackets, more sweaters that are light. And so the idea of like, okay, this is a relatively warm hunt, being able to grab a seven ounce insulation piece that right? truly does provide some warmth. It's like, that's killer. I mean, a seven ounce insulation piece is half the weight of that merino kiln we were talking about um do you and warmer but you just can't like you're not gonna be able to use it and get the breathability that you would with that kiln for example do you consider it like um because it's the weight of a mid-layer lighter than mid-layer yeah so it's i mean do do you consider ounces is probably light as light as like the lightest first light any merino layer it's crazy light hmm. it's weird uh do you want to confuse everyone a little bit more i think we're half might as well go for it uh merino wool insulated jackets yeah have you have you, yeah. <laughs> have you gone down this path yet? <laughs> i have so i think of, when you say that i don't know what piece you're talking about but i think of uh like the first light um sawtooth for example was a very hybrid merino piece where they took like a mid to heavyweight merino and then body mapped some insulation to it so the front uh had actual synthetic insulation the back was just merino because their idea was we were wearing a pack 
mm-hmm. arms were merino. Um, so that's one example. But did you have something else in mind? Uh Yes, I have the one of the things I'm trying out this year is a Ibex uh, merino wool insulated layer, and a merino loft I think is what they call it. Um, I'll I'll have to get you the name of it. I have it. It seems eerily similar to my Montbell Thermowrap. It's got okay. a hood. It's full zip. And by that I mean it's very light, and very thin. It's pretty legit though. Like I wear, I've been wearing it around town. I haven't done anything, you know, I haven't worked out in it, like in terms of hiking or anything like that. But so far it seems very similar to the performance of a synthetic. And that's what it's supposed to be is like a synthetic alternative. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, here's what's confusing. Is it I the wool re- air? The wool yes, air. Wool air. Yeah. You okay. must've pulled it up. Yep. Uh, I, if you do you see the ounces on that? Yeah, I'm pulling it up now. It's pretty light. Dang it's it. cool though, man. Their website's uh, not cooperating. They had it's a really interesting layer, um, but again, it's very so similar. The actual it's very insulation is merino. Yeah, yes. That's what's confusing is I don't understand it. It's woven. It's apparently woven differently. I think I can't really figure it out. I I haven't. I don't. I'm not super clear on how this is happening. But it's merino wool insulation, and this is happening throughout the industry. Lots of people are starting to do this. At least you'll see it pop up from time to time. Here's where I think, here's the purpose of it, I think. And when I did that video on um, why I'm done using fleece that happened to take off for some reason, what, the comments that people, the comment section is hilarious because people are either pro synthetic because of recycling or anti-synthetic because of micro particles when you wash it. So I think I'm, I'm guessing that Merino wool insulation is an answer to not using plastics because Mm. if anyone like fleece is a plastic, if anyone hasn't looked this up, if you look up how fleece is manufactured and like, you get the different uh, face fabrics on it. Like it's either soft, really fluffy, or it's not. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting how they do that. They basically scratch it back and forth. Like it comes out one way and then they move this thing on it back and forth and they, they make it lofty to catch, to capture air. So I think, but people don't like the fact that it's um, plastic. Mm-hmm. And then every time you wash it, there's these microplastics that end up in the waterways. But then again, you can make the same argument for like, well, but you can recycle it. It can be recycled. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know what the, I don't know the right argument there is, but that's why I think we're seeing more merino. Okay. Merino wool insulation. But then someone has a problem with shearing merino sheep because it's violent. Like, apparently. Yeah. so I, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know who yeah, there, wins here. The, so on the site for Ibex for that piece, it's 11.4 ounces for medium. Uh, men's medium and then definitely for sure like they're playing that angle they're talking about it being pfc free yeah and renewable raw material for insulation yeah, yeah. Hmm. i haven't seen that piece it's very Let's interesting it out. I, i'm I, i'm guessing it breathes really well so it's it's um you can tell it has that breathable breathability in it and mm-hmm. then if it get for me i'm really happy with it because it, 
I guess if it gets wet, I don't have to worry about, it can still retain its heat. And that's, what's awesome about synthetic is if it does get wet, it still retains the heat. You still have the loft and whatnot. Yeah. I don't know anyone that's going to allow that to happen. Like, I don't know in what scenario (laughs) I would just let my insulation piece get completely soaked. I can't think of that. I just put a rain shell on, but I guess it, I guess you have that. That's another thing that kind of is goofy about like, well, if it's soaking wet, it'll still keep you warm. I'm like, well, why'd you get it soaking wet? <laughs> why'd you let that happen? <laughs> uh, dude. But hey. Yeah. We we went off on the deep end. I like yeah, it. We did. People are either going to love this episode because they're gear nerds. They're going to be like, oh my God, guys, shut up. It's a jacket. Just go hunting or hiking already. And which is a very gracious. good point, dude. Just like yeah. get your gear and freaking go. And if it's a problem, fix it. If it's not, keep going. Absolutely. All right, so we were running out of time. Not that we had time frame in mind, but I could keep here all day. We keep going, but we'll bore listeners. Real quick, another thing I wanted to chat about, and we'll keep this short and sweet. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, you were talking with somebody the other day. They were doing the PCT. You've done the PCT. Yeah. You were going over their gear list, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And you said that based on your recommendations of either removing things or changing things in their pack, they basically had like five plus pounds mm-hmm. too much of yeah. stuff and so we don't have to go in the weeds on every single thing but can you hit the mm-hmm. highlights of like okay what yeah. five pounds were in their pack that shouldn't have been so this guy had a 20 pound base weight essentially which is not horrible but uh when he when we started going through his pack he had a lot of duplicate items so uh things that i can think of off the top of my head he had a he had a standard uh, cook kit with a pot, and then he also had a cold soaking kit. So if anyone doesn't know what cold soaking is, uh, through hikers use this as an alternative means to cooking. So they, they soak their food. It's a whole thing. Look it up. Um, yeah. Which, if you, if you don't mind... It's like rehydrating cold, without heat. Rehydrating food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so cold soaking. So he had both options. And I asked him, why do you have both? And he's like, well, just in case I want a cold soak and I, and, or if I want to do this, I'm like, well, choose one, pick. You can't have both because we're talking about cutting weight here. Like if you want a cold soak, cold soak. If you want to, I was like, have you ever cold soaked before? He goes, no. I'm like, okay, then throw that away. And if you down the road on the trail, if you want to try it, send it to yourself. I mean, that gets rid of multiple ounces right there. So he had two cooking methods, which is a, is a common thread here with the whole, whole build out of his kit. He had basically too many options for the same thing. Uh, he had three pairs of gloves. So he had a lightweight pair of gloves, midweight pair of gloves. And he had these like weird, like hack gloves where someone on the internet said, oh, these are really great. You wear these and they're really warm. They're like rubberized with like, they're one of those like working gloves where they have rubber fingertips on them and they're like mm-hmm. warm on the inside. I was like, you have three pairs of gloves. And he's like, oh, and I have these plastic tubes that go like these plastic sheets that go over my hand so I can, in case my hands are cold. And I'm like, but you have three pairs of gloves. <laughs> well, they could, it'll, it'll keep them from getting wet. And I'm like, okay, well, you need to pick one pair of gloves and use that. And this is for through hiking, but yeah. the concepts apply the same. Like for hunting, I have a pair of fingerless wool gloves. And then I have a pair of like glassing gloves that are keep me a little bit warmer if I need them. 
so he had essentially four things for his hands. Um, he also had a, a sit pad and then a one eighth inch uh, foam pad that went the length of his sleeping pad. And then he had a sleeping pad. Mm. And I was like, what's the point here? And he's like, well, see my sit pads for sitting. And then my one eighth inch foam roll is for added insulation under my um, sleeping pad and to protect my sleeping pad. But he also had a Tyvek ground sheet for protection. And I'm like, okay, what I would suggest is you cut that one eighth inch foam roller foam roll down to like body torso size and get and use that as your sit pad and extra insulation during the day if or at night if you need it under your pad it's under your torso and then um j- that way you can just ditch the sit pad and you can use it for a sit pad as well and to like a napping situation where you can just lay it down um on the ground so and he also had multiple um stuff sacks with that came with gear or he had tent stakes that came with his tent. And then he had extra tent stakes for wild scenarios in which he might need extra tent stakes and extra guidelines that ha- that he'd never experienced in the past and doesn't, can't define very well. These are all things that are, that fall into the camp of just in case yeah. or what ifs, right? Packing I think your fears. Packing your fears and things you don't yet know about. Well, my advice to him was like, Hey dude, if all this weighs 20 pounds and you're happy with it, and this makes you really confident going into the wilderness for extended periods of time, that's what matters. And there was a lot of other things like too many, he had medications coming out of his ears and like first aid stuff coming out of his ears, three different knives for three different things, all just in case. So my advice was stop giving yourself so many options you're going to look like a yard sale when you get to camp. It's, you're going to start losing stuff. Start trimming the fat. Give yourself one option and try to leverage other gear as backups. So, um, get, and also getting rid of stuff sacks because I even posted something on social media the other day. I looked up common household items that are four ounces and there's a pound of 16 ounces, right? Mm-hmm. So, a four ounce, four, four ounce items and you saved yourself a pound. And I think it, like a baseball is an ounce. So, or sorry, it's four ounces. So I'm like, okay, think of like a baseball. How many, it doesn't really weigh that much, but all those ultralight items that weigh four ounces add up really, really quickly. So I don't yeah. know if that makes any sense, but yeah, from, from what I saw from this guy, and this is a common thread is like, well, what if? all right, well, what if what? Go down that road and see if you can solve the problem by removing that object with other things in your pack. And yes, you're going to find yourself with single points of failure, but not everything's perfect. Like yeah. It's just not perfect. Like The backcountry is not a perfect place. It has, there's risks. There's scenarios that crop, crop up that we're not ready for. There's no way you can count for all of them. Just give yourself the best kit possible going forward and maybe have backups in the right areas. I like Um, it. Yeah. And and part of that is, I don't know. When we start talking about like 
cutting weight or telling people they shouldn't pack this. It sounds to me, I'm always like, man, that sounds like elitist, right? Like, oh, you mm-hmm. idiot carrying yeah. an extra pair of gloves, wada, wada, wada. And I never approach it from that. To me, it's mm-hmm. always like, based on my experience, I understand where you're coming from. I've done that in the past. Here's what I figured out. Mm-hmm. You can either like, one, think I'm crazy or you don't trust me, which is fine. Or there's just a good probability that down the road, based on your experience, you'll probably make a similar decision. Yeah. And so exactly. whether you make the decision now, like based on my word, okay. Mm-hmm. Or whether you make it later based on your experience, that's cool. Or maybe mm-hmm. you have a totally different experience than I do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, it's just one of those things where, again, I think in relating this to, you know, this guy doing a through hike or a guy doing his, you know, first backpack hunt, either way, it's like, mm-hmm are you packing for this trip and this adventure? That's a a next level for you with any experience at a smaller level, right? So the guy doing Mm -hmm. the PCT, how much time has he backpacked? The guy doing the backcountry hunt, how much time has he backpacked? And again, like you can go into either of those without the prior experience and succeed. Mm -hmm. It's just that you learn more lessons on that trip versus learning lessons beforehand Mm -hmm. and then applying it to that trip and to that adventure, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and again, I, before I even uh, said anything to this guy, I was like, look, I'm going to give you my opinion, but what's important is that you leave that trailhead on day one, feeling confident. If there's, if that means that your pack weighs 60 pounds and that makes you confident, beautiful. But here's what I think based on my experience. And then he hit me up a few days later on the trail. He's like, dude, you're spot on about a whole bunch of stuff. You said, I was like, cool, man. That's awesome. I mean, you're learning. Awesome. The confidence is so much. I don't want, I would, I did not want him going into the, into his hike nervous about what's not in his backpack. Yeah. So, yeah, and the other downside is don't not go on the adventure because you think you're carrying something wrong or you don't have the right gear. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't be afraid to go learn the lesson in the field, right? <laughs> yeah, Just go. Yeah, there's no wrong way to do it. it yeah. I mean, except if, unless you're not doing it. So yeah. freaking just get after it. And and if, I think one general rule of thumb, you guys have talked about this a lot on the podcast, is take inventory of the things that you didn't use. Set those aside next time. Yeah. Three strikes, you're out. Yeah, dude. It's a good way to end it. Well, if you've made it this far, I almost feel like I need to congratulate you. That was uh, quite the wide-ranging conversation, but I hope that you pulled some valuable information from it. As always, if you have any feedback or questions for us, be sure to send an email to podcast at xamongear.com or leave us that question with a quick audio message by looking for the link in the show description to do that. If you are enjoying the show, share it with a friend or look to leave a rating or review in the podcast app that you use, and that would help us tremendously. And if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe or follow button in your podcast app so that you receive future episodes automatically. We'll talk to you soon.